California, Max. Oh. We get the hell out of this crazy city. Get it, Max. We move to sunny LA. All of show business is out there, Max. No, I cannot. You keep bringing it up, but I don't want to live in a city where the only cultural advantage is that you can make a right turn on a red light. Audacity starts much faster than Pro Tools. Doesn't even get us a countdown. All right, we're going. It is Thursday night. Is it in North in Glendale, California, the Hollywood of the Valley. San Gabriel Valley, of the San Gabriel, <laughs> the Hollywood of the San Gabriel Valley. Here for a late night podcast. I'm your host, Mag Zumstein, and to my left. I'm not good at left and right. Are you talking to me? Jessica Golden <laughs> is in the is in the studio with us today. Why are you talking like that? Is that your late night of, voice? I've been listening to a lot of NPR. Oh God! You know, every time I turn on NPR, people are like, "I don't like the way these people talk." And I was it's like, "It's awful." This is a well-respected news organization. <laughs> That's well what I say every time. Maybe well-respected by certain liberal cucks. Not a cut. Libtard <laughs> cuts the say world that. over. Uh. And here joining us, in lieu of Peter Tilly, mm-hmm. some would say a better man. Most would some say. Would, some would say a wiser man. Yeah, definitely. All would say. He doesn't carry a lunchbox, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the return of the champion. Mark Joseph Davy. Hello. <laughs> Bound and gagged. <laughs> Gun to the back of his head. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Popcorn Buddies reunion. I don't know what that is. Maybe we that's only why. Had like one listener. Maybe that's why I'm using my more calm radio voice because Popcorn Buddies, I think, was a more sophisticated show. It was more sophisticated than LA's Patriots. Yes. And I always used my deep baritone. We make a lot more ass jokes on LAX Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Putting cats in asses. <laughs> we are here in, in Casa de Golden in Glendale, California, recording this podcast, emergency podcast. Emergency. 10.30 at night. And those of you out there in the listening audience are saying... Who's this Mark fella? <laughs> Where's Pete? Right? Yeah. They're saying that. Well, let's just put it this way. When you go to Jessica Golden's house, I'm looking past her right now and I'm seeing a large selection of alcoholic beverages. I see Kahlua. <laughs> but the real drink that we're serving up tonight is a podcast on the rocks. What? <laughs> Guys, we're on the rocks. We're on the on the rocks, on the ropes, however you it's, want to say it. Uh, Things are not going well for the LA expatriates at the moment. One of our members who shall remain nameless yeah. apparently has a relationship to nurture and a lot of excuses to make. A about. lot of excuses <laughs> to a point where... Now you can correct me if you're interpreting this differently. This is a little inside dope, I guess. This is like for the hardcore fans, you know? They want to know what's been going on. 
I think he's trying to quit. The podcast? Yes. And doesn't have the balls to outright say it. I don't know. Because he said, not this week. Yeah. After canceling last week. Yeah. He also said, not next week. Yeah. But, quote, when the music sketch dies down. Yeah. Now, I want to give you a piece of information you may or may not know. Pete's not even working right now. Oh, I know. I don't know what type... Pete is between jobs, and I don't mean that like he got canned, like he actually has another job that doesn't, he hasn't started yet. I don't know what kind of schedule he is uh, working around exactly, but I can't imagine it's a terribly busy one. Yeah. Something's up. Well, he said if we record during the daytime, it'd be fine, but you he knows you and I both He work. knows. <laughs> he said that because he knows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well. So what's the future of LAX Patriots? Live and learn. We we'll have get to, a new, that's the future? Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll recruit a new third member from the audience. Send Jeff in your applications. <laughs> Send in your applications. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to be an expatriate to LA because I don't know if we have any LA listeners. <laughs> I'll put them in the inbox uh, next to the Jessica Fix My Life questions yeah. <laughs> that you guys have been sending in. Hey, you want to plug by my the cat droves. fountain? How's my cat going to know where to drink? This is one of the hazards of recording at Jessica's house. Is she's easily distracted. She's a little bit too much in her element right now. Okay. When we record at Pete's, you know, it's kind of like a prison cell. There's not much to look at. You just got to focus on each other. Unless I get to on... play The Devil Goes Down to Georgia or went down. <laughs> in which whatever. case, it's like Jailhouse Rock. Because everyone's <laughs> swinging in that prison cell. We love it. We love it so much when Jessica breaks, da- breaks out her violin. Mm-hmm. And says, boy, let me tell you what. (laughs) What? (laughs) I do it every time. She's talking to Mark right now, just so everyone knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. Everyone has forgotten their broadcasting skills. Oh, I don't care. Cool. (laughs) I think it adds like a layer of complexity to the podcast. That we suck shit? They're like, what's happening? What's happening in that space? <laughs> that's that's the um, that's the mystery they gotta unlock. Yeah. So there's like serial, right? Yeah. Where uh, what the fuck's her name? Barbara King Solver. Who the hell was the host? Sarah Koenig? I don't know. She was Sarah Koenig is like you know. Did you say King Solver? No, <laughs> you know, oh. Sarah Koenig is like let's find out what fucking happened to Adnan Syed. Whereas LAX Patriots is giving you mystery right up top. Who are these people talking to? (laughs) What are they talking about? (laughs) What's going on in the room that they can't stop acknowledging? (laughs) Um, we have a lot. A lot has a lot has gone down. Yeah. Yeah. A lot has gone down, but I think first and foremost, it rained. That's one thing that went. That is. Talk about that for me. Talk about that for me, Jessica, because I assume that you're excited. Okay. I'm into it. I'm uh, clapping. <laughs> I can see him every time I clap. He looks nervously at the at the screen that's recording our audio. It's just okay. blown out the whole time. So I'm nice. sure we're gonna have to fix that in post. I don't nice. know what's going on. I don't have nice. headphones that can so work with an inbox. What we don't have an audio engineer? Yeah, Pete's an asset for sure. <laughs> How he never wears his headphones, <laughs> doesn't talk into his mic, doesn't look at the screen, <laughs> texts the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. No, okay. So California has been in a drought for many years, and then 
uh, in, what was it, maybe December, I noticed it was raining a lot. And then by the early part of January, it was raining so much that I looked it up and we had already reached almost the usual amount of annual rainfall for LA. And it's not just an LA thing, it's the whole state. So we're coming out of the drought. That doesn't mean we should go take hour long showers. I disagree. Doesn't mean. I think, no, no. see, this is where you're because wrong. Because California will always go through these stages of drought and then wet, wet winters. So we need to learn how to conserve regularly. See, this is where you're wrong, Jessica. It also is you, very expensive. Let me ask you this. To waste water. Now, you're a, you're a scientist. Yeah. Okay. So you live in an accomplishment-based world. Science is the right arm of capitalism. Okay. As we know. What have you been reading? I've been reading a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, science is the right arm of capitalism. The left arm is the media. Mm-hmm. And um, what I would say is you, you, live, you, you, you live based on accomplishments. That's what I'm getting to. So publishing, inventing, things like that. Sure. When you make an accomplishment, say you get a paper accepted into a journal, say mm-hmm. you invent a molecule, do you not celebrate I don't usually. Guys, don't be a, like Jessica. I make a lot of celebrate the end, Celebrate the end of the drought. Go take a four-hour shower. No, no, no. Don't do that. Power shower, they no. call it. Take a power shower. Um, go ahead and, uh, yeah, just do whatever you want. That, why? Well, because we have plenty of water. No, we don't. We, mm-hmm. we depleted mm-hmm. our water table, I think, up to like 200 feet. In the Central Valley, that's groundwater, and that's not going to come back. That's not going to come back mm-hmm. for maybe a decade of wet years. Mm-hmm. See, I've seen I've seen this movie that Jessica's advertising here with her fucking conserving water talk. <laughs> let me let me I give you some other let me give you some <laughs> other quotes from from Jessica Golden. Do not become reliant on water, or it will control you. That's one. That's one from Jessica Golden. Nope. Maybe you recognize <laughs> Jessica from when she drives her car around and puts her fucking skull tooth mask gas mask thing on and sprays spray paint in people's faces. <laughs> I'm not that guy and from says, Mad Mediocre. <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> I love that movie. That's and a great movie. That's what Jessica's trying to be. She wants to keep all the water that's from the true. people. No. Mm-hmm. 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 No, I want it to be there when we need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just better, man. It's just better. Don't let fascist scientists try to control your lives. Oh my gosh. The annoying thing is people actually believe that. They think that I went into science because I like telling people what to do. Jessica. That's not true. Jessica. I went in. Do you like telling people what to do? I do, (laughs) but that's only because I'm usually right. No, but I went into science. I could have gone into any number of fields and been more successful or made more money than I'm making now. And then I probably will ever make law, business, medicine. Mm. Could have gone into those fields. I have the head for it. I went into science because I wanted to do good things for people. I want the world to be a better place. That's how you do it. Weren't you trying to get jobs by proposing all the ways you could create like horrible military weapons and shit? No. <laughs> That's you so were. No, I wasn't. I I like when I was applying for scholarships, I was talking about how I was interested in nuclear fusion, 
but that's not a war technology. It can't yeah, be used but for you war. Were I recall specifically when you were trying to look for some kind of jobs or something, some kind of job placement post-PhD, there was one of the places was a military-oriented thing. So you were like trying to sell yourself and your project, and you were like, yeah, since it's a military thing, I had to include a few paragraphs about how no, you could that use was it this... for destructing people. <laughs> no. This is true. I don't have any projects mm -hmm. that could be used for destroying people. Fusion. No. You don't think there's any way you could parlay fusion into murder? How about a fucking never-ending power murder. source for a nuclear weapon? That's not how nuclear weapons work. Bruh. Nuclear weapons Nuclear-powered machine fission. gun. That doesn't even make sense. I'm not talking about nuclear fission. I'm talking about... Because nu nuclear fusion creates an, uh, a sustainable and never-ending power source, right? Only if it's controlled you have to have an extremely high pressure high heat environment so it becomes a cyclical process okay if you release it at any point mm -hmm. it stops working yeah so, so i'm saying these are like you're making giant batteries no you're not making batteries for war you're weapons. making like a sun on earth there's no way to control that and turn it into a, a weapon can we talk about um have you seen hmm. spider-man i think two turn off the dark on Doc broadway Doc, hell yeah when dr octopus has his fucking feelers coming out of his back and he's trying to contain that ball of sun that he i don't created. remember it as well as i do because doc ock's not my personal hero like that, he is yours <laughs> that's nuclear fusion he's doing nuclear fusion mm -hmm. that is not a weapon it's completely uncontrollable if you let it out of its its field so you just cited an example of him using it as a weapon he didn't use it you as asshole a weapon. <laughs> he didn't use it as a weapon the, the feelers the feelers those aren't nuclear fusion those are just some weird machine he made to try to control the fusion reaction I don't know. I don't think that if you want to talk about how benign nuclear fusion is, I don't think Otto Octavius is your go-to role model. You, if you have, if you can't remember the movie, that his the fusion reaction gets out of control, and then it it makes his machine glued to his body. So like, that's that's an accident. That's mm -hmm. not a weapon. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the result of not containing it properly. Otto Octavius got into science because he wanted to help people. No. Not because Ugh. he wanted to tell people what to yeah, do. Yeah, maybe I have Spider-Man to blame for this. Jessica, how much do you hate Spider-Man? <laughs> just, just what I'm asking you is, how much do you hate Spider-Man? I just think he should die. <laughs> you know what? You might have a point, though, if we want to talk about Spider-Man, because anti-intellectualism... Don't say Spider-Man. <laughs> like, it name. means nothing. <laughs> Say Spider-Man like a normal person. Spider-Man. You always do that. What? Don't say Spider-Man. Spider-Man. That's his Ow, name. You're giving me a stomach ache. He's the Spider-Man. It's wrong. <laughs> Everybody knows it's wrong. <laughs> look, I don't know what your problem is, but no, if you look at all the Spider-Man villains, like it's fucking, it's Otto Octavius. He did it again. It's Otto Octavius. He's a scientist, right? What's he yeah. do? He fucks around with science and he goes evil. Yeah. It's Kurt Connors. He's a fucking scientist. What's know, he do? He fucks around saying. with evil. I'm saying that. Doctor Doom. Okay, I'm Doctor Doom. I'm not. Yeah, I know Doctor Doom's a bad dude. Got his PhD in Doom. <laughs> yeah, got his PhD in being a surly asshole. I'm pretty sure. That's it. Dr. Doom. <laughs> Ow. We need to get Dr. Doom on the podcast to no. defend himself against your fucking allegations. No. 
So while Jessica goes up and gets the pizza, here's what I will say. We got Mark here. I think it's only appropriate. We've talked about the storm. We've talked about science. I think it is only appropriate that we talk about, since we are in the Hollywood of the San Gabriel Valley, we have to talk about Hollywood's biggest night. Oh. Right? In what we're calling the Popcorn Buddies reunion special. Right? All right. Popcorn Buddies reunion bah, bah, special. Bah, bah, bah. I'm, <laughs> I'm pulling it up. Here, give me a give me a quote from a movie. We're gonna start this like we used to start old Popcorn Buddies episodes with a little audio clip. You didn't tell us this. I <laughs> am big. This is it's like the old. pictures that got small. <laughs> that was our theme. And then we go. You have to wait till you have to wait for the drop, Jessica. I don't know what we're supposed to say. Fucker, if you ever listen to the podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Popcorn Buddies. <laughs> anyway, faded out. This was back when I recorded it in Pro Tools instead of shit-ass Audacity. Where, like, every time I stop, I have to create a new track to start recording again. Hmm. And I can't save while I'm recording, so we're just going to have to stop every ten minutes to make sure we don't lose our shit. Um, anyway... <laughs> Hollywood's biggest night. Mm -hmm. Where were you? I was here. Mm -hmm. You were here. Uh huh. Mark was here. Uh huh. We watched it together. I think it's interesting that, like, as a sports fan, I always see these moments that people, like, 10 years later will be like, oh, yeah, I was at the game or I was watching it on TV. That never happens for, like, movies or the Oscars, but this was one of those moments <laughs> where, like, 10 years from now, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I was, I remember exactly where I was. Saw it live. Mark is, of course, talking about his personal hero, Casey Affleck, winning his well-deserved award. Yep. <laughs> to which Mark stood up and went, yeah! I'm just so proud of him. <laughs> Fuck bitches. <laughs> Get Oscars. <laughs> uh, no, but of course what we're talking about is... so. I mean, I can't imagine a more auspicious evening for our own Mark Joseph Davey. Allow me to narrate it from his perspective, since we don't have him here. <laughs> I love this. Here I am. I'm Mark Joseph Davy. I'm sitting on the couch, right? I'm watching the Oscars. Ho-hum. <laughs> what a boring Oscar cast this is this year. None of my predictions are coming true. Boring, 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 right? Oh, what's this? Best picture. Well, we all know it's going to be La La Land, right? And then I said... Well, we'll talk about what we said later. But right I now said, we're doing Mark's perspective. I'm which like usually there's doesn't involve you. I'm feeling like there's going to be an upset here. Hey. No, now hold on. <laughs> now hold on. So you're Mark Joseph Davey. You're sitting there. You're watching the Oscar cast. And suddenly Best Picture rolls around. And who shows up to present the Oscars? But your two faves. Warren Beatty and Faye Ray. <laughs> From Bonnie and Kong. <laughs> And, and you're sitting there and you're like, wow, good times, right? Uh, best picture. Suddenly Warren Beatty starts getting that look on his face. He opens up the envelope. He gets that look on his face. You remember in The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, when Pooh is kind of staring at that little piece of paper and he has to adjust his glasses for a while. And you're like, what a helpless old fuddy-duddy this Pooh Bear is. <laughs> Warren Beatty was having a Winnie the Pooh moment, right? 
Not like the type that I have where I get stuck in doorways all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But a different kind, right? Because soon he's, he's going, he's looking at this envelope, and he's like, what? Oh. And he hands it over <laughs> to Faye Ray, and she's like, La La Land. And everyone cheers, right? And, everyone, and we're like, ah, boo, right? And then something amazing happens, Jessica. Did you forget? <laughs> <laughs> the La La Land producers get up on stage. Mm-hmm. They think, people. They think their blue-eyed wife, which seems a little weird. Yeah. Given the given the circumstances. Uh-huh. <laughs> she did. Of beating out Moonlight. Well. But look, you have a wife that's pure. You want to talk about it. You know? It was weird. What are you going to do? And then suddenly, a little, little stout little man comes out with a bunch of envelopes and a lot to say. <laughs> He starts whispering in everybody's ear. You see him whisper in Emma Stone's ear. Her face falls. You see him whisper in whoever else's ear, right? I don't think this is the order of operations. <laughs> I don't think this happened. PEMDAS. <laughs> <laughs> they, go, they go out and then and, and he says, Well, <laughs> fuck La La Land, right? <laughs> I believe his exact words were like, He gives his speech. He's like, My wife is hella white. It's awesome. <laughs> We, it's, us and our white kids are going to cherish this. And then he's like, by the way, we lost. And everyone's like, huh? And then he's yeah. like, the award actually went to Moonlight. And everyone's like, oh, okay, this is weird. Is this yeah. like a fucking... Is this like when the Native American accepted Jack Nicholson or whoever the fuck sauce George C. Scott? Who was it, Mark? Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, is this like this, or is it like, a, didn't Adele, I didn't watch the Grammys, but didn't Adele get up and she was like, Beyonce had the best album of all time. She did say something like that. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, because yeah, Adele won album of the year, I think, Beyonce for was 25. Beyonce something of her lifetime or something. I don't know. Yeah. Fascinating. It is fascinating. So I, th- I thought that's what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, like, so did I. that's interesting, I guess. thought I it was know. weird. Weirdly said. Seemed like there was a lot of anger. And then I thought... <laughs> I was and, like, why are you saying this with such anger? <laughs> and then I thought like, oh, maybe this is like an unprecedented tie. Best picture. Right? That was what was going through my head next. No, so it turns out, Jessica, what happened? You want me to start telling the story? You already Give us the it. factual account. Like what, what went wrong? What went wrong? Oh, behind the scenes? Yes. One of the people from, what's it called? Waterhouse Coopers. Mm-hmm. What an absurd name. Mm-hmm. They watched That's too much Mad Draper Men. That's where Don Draper worked, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the dudes had accidentally had two envelopes in his hands. Mm-hmm. One from the previous category uh, and one from the current one. He gave the previous category, which was Best Actress, to Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. And uh, that's the one they read, which made no sense. So it said Emma Stone, La La Land. So they were like, well, I guess La La Land. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Warren Beatty. I think it's just sort of like the natural human instinct to pretend like everything is normal. He was looking around and I think he was looking for somebody to tell him something was wrong. But when you're in that situation and millions of people are watching, you just want to pretend like everything's okay. He didn't. I don't even think it's that. I don't think he wanted to say what it said. He even yeah, whispered to Faye Dunaway, 
it says Emma Stone. He whispered that? Yeah. What oh. the f- No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. <laughs> what are you talking about? You can see it that. Twice. I have watched it more than twice. <laughs> Many times. He like leans <laughs> over and says like something about Emma Stone. And then she thinks he's joking and kind of jerks it out of his hand, glances at it like sidelong and says, La La Land. Uh, but it turned out, yeah, it was the wrong envelope. The guy in the back of the stage, the executive the, and one of the partners at PricewaterhouseCoopers had just been like not paying attention, taking a lot of photos, tweeting, and he just handed the, them the wrong envelope. So. And let's talk about ageism. It was awkward. Let's talk about ageism because immediately... Not just us three. Oh, yeah. But everyone. Yeah. Was like, fucking old motherfucker fucked yeah. it up. I think I specifically <laughs> this old said. old decrepit fuck. Yeah, I believe you. That's why old people shouldn't be allowed to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but people were saying that even before they, pre- they presented the award, too, I feel like. I felt. You said that I before mean, I was they presented the award. Because I didn't you want them to tarnish my memory of Bonnie you, and Clyde. You did yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> Mark doesn't like to be reminded of his mortality. No. <laughs> Except when he's sitting around listening to Jessica talk and he's just thinking about it. He's hey. like, one day, sweet release. What is this? No, I mean, yeah. You come into my house. <laughs> it's, some, it's some shit, man. It was some real shit. I mean, it's exactly what you said, Mark. It's a, it is a historic Oscar moment. And um, I just feel so blessed <laughs> that we, no, I, don't know, just, uh, I realized my voice sounded weird for a second. I wanted to know if I could. But can you imagine if it had been the opposite? Like if Moonlight they announced one, <laughs> and then it had turned out La La Land really won. Yeah. For those of you who don't give a shit about film talk, I mean not film talk because you're gonna be listening to it right now. But I mean for those of you who don't like follow what people say about movies, like the like, popular conversation. Moonlight was like considered, you know, it's that whole thing where the Oscars don't matter and the Oscars are out of touch unless they can nominate the good movie, in which case it's like living proof that that movie is objectively the best movie ever. It's, you know, it's the same shit we always say about the Oscars every year. And everyone was like, if fucking La La Land wins, it's over, man. (laughs) Fuck it. And it became this weird thing where it's like, Okay, like, La La Land, to me, La La Land's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Moonlight's a great movie. Not that I yeah. saw it. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never saw it. I wanted to. I missed the opportunity to see it many times. It was in theaters. It left. It came back. I still didn't see it. It left again. I fucked up, okay? Let me tell you the things I did see. Suicide Squad. <laughs> the Purge election day why <laughs> i don't know i walked out before it was over oh, you know how yeah. rare that is for me yeah i just said you know what fuck this <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy it was like maybe 15 minutes from the end maybe wow. 10 i was just like no no more <laughs> i've had enough this isn't this isn't going anywhere mm-hmm. um what else did i see this year I, I i mean i just saw the the shits and i never i didn't see the fits <laughs> But I did see the shits. <laughs> and I never got to see La La Land. I mean, no way. I'm sorry. Never got to see Moonlight. I never got to see The Love Witch. The Love Witch was at Lemley NoHo for two and a half days, I think, was the run, was the theater run there. I don't even know what that is. It's, Mark, hit her with The Love Witch. 
I mean, I haven't seen it myself either, so... But I have heard of it, and I don't know that it's the type of movie she would want to see anyways. What an so. asshole. <laughs> well, it's... People are very interested in it. It's, it is one of those things, to be fair, that I think people are more interested in the story behind it than they are in the movie itself. Yeah. Because the press release... You know, remember kind of like uh, Escape from Tomorrow? Like Spring Breakers? The movie... What the fuck? <laughs> no. But yeah. No. Yeah. People like Spring Breakers because Nobody it's likes great. It. All right. You're a fine. lot of people like Spring Breakers a lot. It's true. I showed it to my, I showed it to I my mean, English class that I teach. They loved it. They did not love it. But <laughs> I had to tell them if they don't love it, they get Fs. Good. And then they loved it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, Spring Breakers is great. But, like, you remember remember that movie I got obsessed with, Escape from Tomorrow, that was, like, shot in Disneyland? Yeah, mm-hmm. with the cats. And it was at Sundance and stuff. Oh, you actually saw it? No. How do you know there's cats? I know. Things about Disneyland. Oh, oh, you're talking about the Disney cats. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a plot in the movie where he gets, quote, unquote, cat fever. So, I thought that's what you were referring to. No. Okay, well, forgive me. <laughs> But yeah, so like I got obsessed with this movie and it was really just because I was obsessed with like the press package that came with it. And I think that my, I haven't seen The Love Witch, but I think that might be what's happening there because the whole thing is like this director, she spent forever making it and like she like everything is her. Like she made there's a cake in it, she made that cake. There's a rug in it, she sewed that rug. Like she did the makeup, mm. the the editing, the writing. The is casting. her name Love? Is her name Love? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a witch. Her name's Loving, actually. <laughs> a witch. They made a movie about her. <laughs> it was a witch made out of love, so Love Witch. Yep. Yep. That's what I thought. That's the etymology of the title. <laughs> Good. <laughs> In case you didn't understand how to interpret that silence, that was my very sweet and loving boyfriend trying not to laugh at me by staring intently at the ceiling <laughs> for some time before finally giving in. Do you feel at times that my presence enables Mark no. to be cruel to you? <laughs> He's much more cruel when you're gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm not present for the beatings. Yeah. <laughs> just, the, just the ridicule. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck were we, how did we get to the Love Witch? You were talking about movies you didn't get to see. You're like, I didn't get to see movies. Oh, oh, so, I oh, I remember, I remember Love now. Witch. I didn't get to see La La Land, but you did, so everybody knew you were lying. <laughs> wow, called out. Uh, no, so, the, uh, what are we on about? Jesus Christ. This is going well. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> it would be going better if we didn't take a break to you eat pizza. You <laughs> made us take the break. I was, blam- I was blaming myself. I got a pee. All right. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean, obviously, like I said, the narrative around the Oscars became and like... And then you got stuck in the door. <laughs> the narrative around the Oscars... Going the- in, not coming out. You fix that. Wasn't just a pee. Wait, I oh I, I got stuck in the bathroom door on, between the between yeah. pause. Yeah, I was in there for like three weeks, like Winnie the Pooh. Someone drew a face on my ass. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Yeah, so the narrative became like, La La Land is the villain. It's fucking, it's fascist propaganda. I have a lot of issues lately with all the... Uh oh. Liberal. We got hot mics. Are we about to have hot rhetoric? No, all the li- hot takes. <laughs> I, all the liberal people picking fights with literally everyone, including people that are on their sides for not being. I guess this is the thing that we're talking about, like being PC, too PC or not. I have been confronted with this several times this week. Also about the Oscars, for example, people were really mad about uh, Jimmy Kimmel making fun of. Mahershala Ali's name, which he didn't even really make fun of. He just said you couldn't have named your, you can't can't name your kid Amy if your name is Mahershala. I mean, that's the lightest form of life. I know. I was like, but they're really angry about it. They're like, mm-hmm. this sort of thing disenfranchises, and these people are taking back their cultural history by naming their children whatever they want, and he's making fun of them, and that's why, that's white supremacy for you. And I was just like, no, man. He also spent like 20 minutes making fun of Mel Gibson. And he also called, I mean, he just, part of the Oscars is making fun of everyone that's there. And there's only so many times you can make fun of Mel Gibson until it actually even starts to be a little bit mean. Even though we all know he deserves it. (laughs) These are hot mics right now. I mean, no. Fuck Mahershala Ali. No, that's not what I'm saying. Lay off Mel Gibson. He served his time. That's what I'm saying. He's good peoples. I thought given what he had to work with, he did pretty well. He spent like a good 20 minutes, which I think is the right amount of time, making fun of Mel Gibson. He spent a short amount of time quote-unquote making fun of Meryl Streep by calling her overrated and making her stand up and be applauded by everyone, which is actually just a cut of Donald Trump and not not her, obviously. I thought in general his his monologue and everything was like a celebration of, of diversity and progress and especially in the face of like a tyrannical government. And then people are here like, Jimmy Kimmel is a racist. Because he made fun of Mahershala Ali's name in, like, the weakest possible manner. That's annoying. Isn't that annoying? That's alienating. That's what you've been saying. I'm trying to agree with you and you're silent over here. I don't want to get involved. Why? I'm scared. You don't agree? (laughs) This is what you're always saying to me. About how people don't like the backlash that led to the election of Donald Trump was because... You know, liberals are trying to push this PC agenda on people, and they don't—they push it too far. I said it differently than that. That's what you were saying. No, I didn't say. Um, you're making it sound like I was like, I'm, if these fucking liberals no. would shut up for I'm a saying, second. I'm not saying that what Jimmy Kimmel said was anti-PC. I'm saying that it's being called that erroneously. By certain people who feel like they're like soldiers of this cause. But I don't know. I think they're just fighting whoever they see in front of them and not the right battles. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Mark, Jessica... It's irritating. Jessica always wants to get political on this show. And I like to keep it light and airy. Why? You know? Do we have any conservative She wants to to talk about... Fuck you. Fuck your opinions. <laughs> fuck your history. Fuck your perspective. She wants to go talk dig about, a this hole. This is her talking to Mahershala Ali right now. <laughs> the, no, she it's wants not. to talk about like you know 
She wants to talk about erroneous, uh, you know, people being called anti-PC erroneously. The only thing I want to talk about that's erroneous are the is, wrong envelopes. Is Moses supposing that his toes are roses? Knocked it out the park. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Mark drop science on her. Wait, no, I don't know either. What do we? What do we? Moses doing? supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes it's, erroneously. It's a uh, magic school like bus. It's like a Coen Brothers thing, isn't it? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I can see why you'd think that. No, it's singing in the rain. Oh yeah. I turned yeah. that off ten minutes into it. Is that the one where they have the dancing gangsters? Fuck that. Gangsters don't dance. I, every time I think, like, every time we every time we record an episode, I'm like, maybe now's the time to start actively promoting the podcast. Because they're going to listen to the most recent one. And every time, there's something in there that I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to share this to all my fucking marxist feminist friends on facebook <laughs> and the first thing they're gonna hear is like you know what <laughs> fuck marshall ali that's not and what i'm fuck saying singing in the rain <laughs> turned it off are you saying that i'm too conservative for your friends on facebook believe it or not <laughs> that would be insane Jessica? I'm like one of the most liberal people I know. You're a scientist. You can't be liberal. What Science is the mean? right arm of capitalism. That's we all know this. That's not true. Who, what have you been reading? Horkheimer and Adorno. Shouts I don't, out. don't even know what that is. Dialectic of Enlightenment? Not. not I'm going to bring not, you a copy of Dialectic of Enlightenment. Is it an 80-page essay? It is a several hundred-page essay. No, I only read up to 80 pages. Of essay or just in of general? Because <laughs> that probably limits you. It's of like, essay. You read a lot of short stories. <laughs> I can read Beccaria and that's it. Well, it's split into four <laughs> chapters, so you could count each as an essay. You said several hundred. You fucking with me? No, four chapters. Okay. So several is three. At least, yeah. I would say it's like a two, two to three hundred page book. I also contend that several could mean three, but I got critiqued in an in, oh, an, Jesus. in an essay. You've been once. getting a lot of slings and arrows lately. First, you're a fascist. Second, you're you don't know what several's all about. No, I'm saying I agree with you again. Why do you keep trying to say I'm slinging arrows or whatever? No, well, didn't you say that? Oh, well, because when you I'm said, agreeing with you, because you said that you've been confronted with the. Uh, PC stuff recently, so I thought you meant that people were coming at you. No. Saying that you were using uh, problematic I've just rhetoric. been seeing that shit pop up on my Facebook wall, and I've been like, hey, you're damaging your own cause. Okay, let's get back on track. What are some other highlights from the, uh, from the Oscars there, Jessica? Overall, how would you rate this on a scale of one to ten? So one being... It's a six. So one being... Uh, Anne Hathaway and James Franco. That wasn't a one. And ten being, uh, I don't know, you know more about this than me, Billy Crystal and uh, <laughs> fucking... Neil Patrick Harris. And Neil Patrick Harris the when they time. did it together. So it's a relative scale, then it's not. Because the Oscars are usually always underwhelming and disappointing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I'm talking about in terms of, not in terms of like an overall entertainment experience, but just in terms of the floor and ceiling of Oscar casts. 
This one was honestly pretty middle range. Every host the seems six. to have like one really bad idea. Okay. Um, and he definitely had at least one. But as far as his was actual... Was it the bringing the people in? Yeah, that was... You know, a lot of people like that. Which blows my mind because it seemed terrible on so many yeah but it wasn't it uh, so when we were walking at max is like these people definitely know they're going to the oscars they legitimately didn't from their interviews and stuff they like they did they which which (laughs) the ruse was elaborate which exactly like why would you bring in those people the oscars apparently don't mean even enough to them for them to know when the Oscars are. They're literally on a yeah. tour during the Oscars. So well, they, they weren't really on a tour. The Oscars that much. That's not even... They weren't even on a tour. These people were just randomly walking around Hollywood or sitting, being spied upon by producers or whatever. Who Guillermo. Then, yeah, just Guillermo <laughs> alone. He did this and as a one-man mission. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> it was a two-man mission. Yeah, and Guillermo... Two Guillermos, two guns. Guillermo it's walked the up... two guns, two Guillermos. <laughs> Guillermo walked up behind these people and tapped on them and they know they knew they were being watched and then the guy would come up and be like hey do you want to go on a, a tour and then they'd be like how much is it I don't have any money and then they're like it's a free tour so they got people to, that would agree to those terms which were suspicious those are suspicious terms I mean I don't know about that I just know that I am... But I do know about that. I researched that for you. Yeah, I mean, but I would argue that it's pretty uninteresting, like, the background of it. No, it's weird. It is uninteresting, yeah. I mean, (laughs) not not saying that you knowing that is uninteresting, but the backstory you just gave to us... It doesn't doesn't make it any better or worse to know that. Yeah. I would argue that I, I'm, I'm more concerned about the effect. You guys don't think that that makes it worse? How do you not think that? Oh, it this pro- wasn't it just a random tour bus. This yeah. was people that were deliberately selected, probably because they looked funny on the street or yeah, like gloomy or sad. They found this the one couple, like the first couple that came in, Gary from Chicago and his his fiance, uh, like you know, sitting tired on a like she her feet were hurting, so they were sitting on a bus stop, and they had been being watched for minutes, and they knew that the whole time. Well, wait, I mean... And they pick someone, you know, like, kind of like the silliest you could possibly be, wearing a Hollywood shirt while walking around Holly, Hollywood and stuff like that. Are you, you sure You don't that, think that was, that's well, problematic I'm wondering if you, I do, but I mean, I'm wondering if you're approaching it very cynically. Like, are you sure that they're picking sad-looking and touristy-looking people because they want to mock them? Or are they picking them because, like, oh, this would be fun to see somebody who is interested enough in being a tourist in Hollywood, like, seeing someone get a huge experience like that. True, but a huge experience where, again, these people weren't watching the Oscars while the Oscars were taking place, so it, can't, it couldn't have meant that much to them, you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying that they were doing it like Make-A-Wish Foundation, but I'm <laughs> saying they were doing it like it's just, it's fun to see, because L.A. people have a low opinion of the, of the rest of the country... Uh, they, in their eyes, I think it's like a condescending, like, I think it is still condescending, but I don't think it's quite as aggressive as you're making it sound. Hmm. I don't think the purpose is to laugh at them. I think the purpose is like, oh, this is fun. Like, look at these like very normal, casual people, 
uh, from the Midwest or whatever coming into the Dolby Theater. And, like, look at that experience. I agree that that was the intention, but I don't know if it was executed well enough. It also is more of a Jimmy Kimmel Live skit than it is. Yeah, he always does that stuff. Oscars. He loves to interview people, like, on the sidewalk. And usually the purpose is to make those people look foolish. Yeah, in those cases, it actually kind of is. So if what is the MO, line? What is the line between? Because I I agree that the Jimmy Kimmel stuff comes off as like elitist and dickish to me, and you know my opinion on Nathan for you. I won't even watch it. It's, <laughs> it's soured for me. I think it's the most classist garbage. But it's so funny. Like, what about something like Billy on the Street? Because I live and die and bleed Billy no, on the Billy Street. No, Billy on the Street is he's, he's the one being absurd. Yeah. That's true. Jimmy Kimmel's making people answer totally normal questions that someone who was researched on whatever the question was would be able to provide a good answer and making people that aren't researched on that provide dumb answers and then laughing at them. But in that case, it's actually funny because, like, I can laugh at that because they are pretending like they know something that they don't know. Yeah, it's most of the time he catches them in lies. They're, like, lying about something. I, I disagree with that. I disagree with that because I think that's just called being polite. Like, if someone comes up to you, like, at Coachella, and they're like, oh, are you excited to see blank? You don't want to ruin their broadcast. You just go, yeah, I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be... It's not like like they're doing it to a friend. Like, you got to acknowledge that there's a camera in their face. They just want to be polite. It's the same reason why Penn and Teller talk about when they do filmed magic... And they go up to somebody on the streets uh, and they're like, say, we're going to do something. We're going to do nothing. And you all need to react like we just did the most amazing trick in the world. And they'll all do it. Mm. Because they're, people are nice. Yeah. People are polite. They want to give you a good broadcast. So I think it's, I think it's very cynical to be like, hey, you dumb Coachella bitch. What do you think about fucking Rocky and the Bullwinkles playing their four-hour set? And, of course, Dumb Coachella is just going to be like, yeah, cool. That sounds So great. now we've just swapped positions. You hmm. were saying I was being overly cynical, and now you're saying that the whole... No, they're two different things. They're but two different they're set up by taking, the same person. I don't think taking someone to the Oscars is the and being like, wow, look at this casual person who may or may not care about the Oscars at the Oscars... I think the I think the idea is the juxtaposition between fancy celebrities in the Dolby Theater and casual tourists, and I don't think that the intention, at least, is to make the tourists look foolish. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Coachella, the intention is clearly to make them look foolish. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Don't say sure like I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that, but I think it's okay also to laugh at a person's tendency to create fiction like just because they feel and you don't necessarily have to be laughing at that person specifically but just laughing at like human behavior in that case you know what i mean people mm-hmm. are weird people are weird laughing with as like, opposed to or, laughing at yeah exactly because i'm sure that if someone came up and put a camera in my face and was like are you oh you're here at coachella are you excited for fucking diplodocus jones i'd be like yeah man <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's my instinct at all, but maybe man. maybe I'm wrong and maybe I would say something. Yeah, like that. because I'm like they're probably just trying to. My assumption would be like they work for Diplodocus Jones. They want some footage of some <laughs> fucking clown going. Yeah, I'm excited for Diplodocus Jones and like fucking 
I'll just give them what they want. Like, what am I going to do? Be like, no, I never heard of that fuck. You know what I mean? Now they got to find someone else? No, I'm a generous guy. Uh, this is like a real fucking 2020 segment all of a sudden. We're really dissecting the politics behind the stupid Jimmy Kimmel thing. Although I will say this. Who is this guy? This Glenn from Illinois. What's his name? Gary from Chicago. Gary from Chicago. Yeah. He, uh, he fucking... He, everyone is saying he's the new Ken Bone. You know why? Because it's just someone people want to make fun of? No. They, like, right after the telecast, a bunch of people looked him up, and he has a uh, criminal history, and okay. so they were calling him, like, all sorts of bad things. But his criminal history dates back to, like, the late 70s in an era where especially black people are getting charged with crimes that a white person wouldn't have been charged with. In that situation. She's trying to get her, her woke cred back. No! After, after slamming the... Her words are the regressive left. That's what she calls them. That is not what I said. <laughs> and I've never said that. No. Um, and also he was like... He was one of those people sentenced to life in prison for three strikes. And he just recently got out. So like... People are like, oh, he he was serving life in prison for rape, which is not true. None of that is true. But I've been listening to a podcast lately. How do you not know this? How do you guys not know this? I've been stuff? listening to a podcast lately called uh, In Our Time, and it is. Uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. It's something from England, I'm sure, or or at least it only has English people on it. And yeah. they pick a philosopher or a philosophical concept. Uh huh. And it's a host and two philosophers. Or, you know, by philosophers, I mean people who have studied philosophy to the point of getting a PhD. Mm -hmm. It's a host and two philosophers. And he'll be like, hello, welcome to In Our Time. David Hume. Uh, you know, David Hume talked about empiricism. What does he mean by that? Can you speak to that? And someone's like, yes, of course. Uh, David Hume, the context in which the Scottish Enlightenment was born, blah, blah, blah. I think we are now more boring than that podcast. <laughs> That was the longest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. I play that podcast sometimes. And I like I like philosophy like from I mean I'm not very understanding I mean it's very hard, so I don't understand most of it. But I do listen to that podcast, but sometimes I will just pause and laugh out loud at how aggressively boring <laughs> that podcast is. To the point where like the best is when the host like makes a quote unquote joke. Which I only know is a joke because he chuckles afterward. <laughs> it's amazing. Look it up. Uh, instead of listening to LAX Patriots, why don't y'all out there in TV land go to uh, podcast in our time colon philosophy and see what you see what you can find. Jessica has walked away from the mic and is now looking at a piece of celery that was in her cat's water dish. Would you like to say into the mic what you're... I was just looking and there was something weird in my cat's water dish. And I looked over and I, apparently my cat is now a horticulturist. Horticulturalist. She's put... God, what the fuck is this? Some plant inside her water fountain and it's grown many roots. Is this... Uh... What is this? I don't know. 
Oh my gosh. Hydroponically grown. I'm throwing in the garbage. I think she's created a new species. I've never seen this before. LAX Patriots. Making discoveries. <laughs> so beyond oh, okay. <laughs> beyond the big beyond the big best picture reveal, beyond the yeah, so aside from all of the politics that go into it, just talking about the effect that the bit had on the Oscar cast outside of any outside information uh really i am interested in the tendency that oscar casts have had again much like the ellen cast a couple years ago uh of having these bits which are clearly unplanned because let me tell you something about the oscars it is full of thin-skinned neurotic people the vast majority of which are upset because they didn't win something Mm -hmm. so when you're trouncing through the aisles, like waiting for the magic to happen in an improv bit, it's not it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Everything in the Oscars needs to reflect what the Oscars is, which is rigid, st- stuffy. They should get the fucking guy from In Our Time to host the Oscars. Or you. <laughs> or me. Because we keep talking about the Oscars even though we're bored of it. What the fuck? We haven't even talked about it. What? We've been talking about the Oscars for this whole podcast, and you've just gone on a two-minute tirade about how it's more boring than a philosophy podcast. No, the Oscars isn't. <laughs> I'm talking about the fucking us dissecting the politics of the fucking Ken Bone bit. We <laughs> have nothing else to talk about. That's what the Oscars was. Dick head can we talk about the oscar cast quality we keep getting off topic this is the problem it was boring much like the uh, the wrap-up podcast that followed the famous lax patriots wrap-up podcast the oscars are always boring mm-hmm. yeah which is why we i don't think that's spend true a podcast talking about them i don't think why that's popcorn true popcorn buddies Neil- failed as a podcast jesus fucking christ yeah well we are 55 minutes in so it's time for the fucking jessica golden mutiny Happens every fucking podcast. <laughs> I ate too much pizza and I'm a stomach ache. Listen, though, I don't think that they're always boring. The Neil Patrick Harris one stands out to me. I loved that one. Opening number, musical number, moving pictures. You remember that shit? Yeah, you do. He's dancing around. The microphone stands came in and out of the stage. That was fun. Like they would remember when they would go off stage, they would retract below the stage and then they'd come up, like um, Destiny's Child at the Super Bowl. Like something that happened in 2016. I would say that like, Oscar cast. Look definitely at what had, we can do. That Oscar cast definitely. This one had. Mm-hmm. I do think that it also. He's not as good at the comedy aspect of it as a lot of the other hosts have been. A lot of his jokes were fairly flat. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the design of that year's Oscars being very nice, but then, and then, like every other host, he had that one really bad idea, which was, in his case, the box. The, the box. Yeah. Yeah. I don't which, even remember that. And all the bad ideas, they always, they always end up, A, taking way too much time, which is, they're always talking about shortening the Oscar cast, and then they, for some reason, think of oh an idea God, that so takes forever long. and is, just kills any momentum that it had. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like talking about the podcast. Well, what <laughs> the I would say is, what I would say for the Oscars, if I if they come to me, they're like Max Zumstein produced next year's Oscars. I'm gonna say this, just fucking song and dance numbers. Like stick to the basics. 
You know what I mean? Stick to things that, that create momentum. And I'm not talking about the thing goddamn is, Pink singing Over the Rainbow. Look, That's not what I mean. The Tonys do song and dance numbers great. Yeah. The Oscars don't because a lot of the people, I mean, not all the people are stage performers. Let me ask you what the best part of this Oscar cast was. Because I would argue that it was the La La Land segment with John Legend. That was oh, the I best. I didn't think so. That was the best it stage was, designed. It was the best performance. It was fine. It was pretty boring. What the fuck in that Oscar cast was better than that moment? I don't know. I, mean, I liked the opening monologue. Was the very end of it. Well, yeah. What planned <laughs> moment in the Oscar cast? I liked the opening monologue. The opening monologue was was probably the the best. Uh, yeah, I think that was probably the best part. I do think song, song and dance, it's largely dependent on what the actual song nominees are. A lot of times the Oscars nominate really dull songs. Like last year, they had four just atrocious songs that we had to sit through at the Oscars. Um, so it's largely dependent on that, that you can write original music like Neil Patrick Harris yeah. and Hugh Jackman did. Um, but in that case, you need the producers to be somebody like when Hugh Jackman did it, it was Bill Condon producing the Oscars somebody with a theatrical or musical background um but generally they just get sort of generic producers who don't really have that sort of experience yeah or get lin-manuel i promise he's available <laughs> oh yeah I'm like sure i mean not that he's not busy but i mean like i think if the oscars come up to lin-manuel and they're like produce next year's oscars write some raps whatever he'll fucking be there i and haven't he'll be seen hamilton is it really that great yes it really is you've seen it no but it's sung through, so if you listen to the soundtrack, both both discs of it. I've listened to some of the, the songs. No, like you it have seems to listen boring. to it all the way through. <laughs> you can't skip around. It's a musical. Don't you need pictures for a musical? Not necessarily. I mean, I'll tell you this much. I again, I've never been there. I've never seen it, so I don't. I can't speak to the full experience. But I will say that much like Stephen Sondheim musicals, Lin Manuel Miranda went out of his way to create a play that was sung through so everything and he wanted to, he wanted this to be the case everything you hear on the soundtrack is he says the soundtrack is the play mm-hmm. like if you had your eyes closed you know what I mean so there's no there's no missing components everything is conveyed through singing and rapping mm-hmm. um, which is cool because you get a full experience of the narrative and the music of the podcast although the any visual, stuff is of course going to be missing and that's obviously a huge part of it Mm -hmm. but if you just want a you know a 50 percent, i mean look people the nation fell in love with hamilton off the soundtrack it's only a privileged few who actually saw it Mm. so if you want to sit down with hamilton listen to two discs it's long it's a three-hour show oh it's an epic i'm gonna tell you right now i know every word to it whoa it is fantastic (laughs) believe the hype I don't give a fuck. And this is coming from me. If I'm not contrarianing against it, it must be pretty good. Because you know that is my knee jerk. If something becomes too loved, I'm like, it ain't that fucking special. That's true. That's you. But Hamilton. Jessica? That's why you didn't watch Moonlight. Yeah. I was like, you know what? (laughs) Those people have had enough. (laughs) Had enough of your attention. How come you can make those jokes, but I can't? Because for some reason when I make them, it's serious. I'm beloved by the listeners. All right. I'm more beloved. Let's take a poll. Listeners, Shannon, Jeff. (laughs) Am I more beloved? 
I think so. I would hope they both like me more than they like you. That's only obligation. I'm talking about who would you rather hang out with. Based on podcast persona? No. Just all of it. <laughs> See, she knows because she knows she's no, the okay, based on No, okay, based on podcast persona. No, you're the wet blanket. He's always reading off a of list. He's not doing it this time. Thank God. <laughs> Those lists always turn out great, except for the part where you go, Stop reading all the lists! I'm not coming back to the podcast next week! That's the best part of the podcast. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Uh, any other? That's the tension. The tension experience? No. Oh, I'll tell you all about Please the tension don't, experience. Please <laughs> don't. Max has been giving his social security numbers to strangers on the internet who are clearly trying to steal his identity because he thinks it's immersive. Mark, are you familiar with ARGs? No. Alternate Jesus. reality games? No. Uh, Not like what I do. These this are, is uh, fucked up. These are... No, those are augmented reality games. What you do. Are you talking about like Pokemon Go? No. What are you talking about? Keep going. Okay. <laughs> it's essentially uh, games that don't have a, a board or a disc or anything. They're games that you live. You turn your life into a game, Mark. Okay. Like, so, have you watched that, that movie, The Game? It's a lot like The oh, Game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Game is a prototype of an ARG, I would say. Doesn't usually get that intense, I don't think. But uh, and now, <laughs> but I the, hope it does. I do. But what I what I what now the new thing is immersive theater is often being paired with ARGs, and these things are going to the highest heights now. So like, yeah, you'll have an immersive theater show that you can just go to, but you get more out of the immersive theater experience because there's not a traditional narrative in most immersive theater. You have to kind of uncover it. You'll get more out of the experience if you've been playing the ARG going up to it, right? Okay. So it becomes this months-long experience, right? And they're doing amazing things. There's one right now called Have You Seen Jake? It's a three-part immersive experience with an ARG component. The finale, Jessica... I was looking at it because I get the I get the no proscenium newsletter and I get to hear about all the immersive shows that are in LA right now. Mm-hmm. And the third, the third and final episode of Have You Seen Jake? It's an immersive theater experience. I looked at it. Tickets are over two hundred dollars, and I said, "What the fuck? Why?" Mm-hmm. Turns out, it is an overnight experience oh. in the woods. Ooh, Jessica, I love the woods. Yeah, so you That's go right out up there. my alley. So you go out there. You're living... Can I bring weapons? You're living in the play overnight. Can I bring That's weapons? some shit. Yeah, bring weapons. I don't care. Great. Uh, you're, I, I give you permission to bring weapons to it. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, I'm playing these ARGs, Mark. I'm, I'm Mostly, going... they involve Max goes into a dark warehouse. Someone beats him, spits on him, and almost rapes him. That's like the basically what happens every time. And then he's like, that, yeah. thank you, can I have another? And also, here's my social security card number. Here's a card, too. I brought it, just in case you needed that. In case you need to run off a copy. Here's my birth certificate. You can have the original. Can you give me a copy? Jessica is concerned because in playing this, this ARG that I'm playing right now, uh, I discovered the website of a self-help guru, and he had a contact page, and I'm pretty certain that he's in game so i contacted him via email and i said i'm interested in your system please fix my life 
And he responded. I'm just mad because he didn't ask me to fix your life. (laughs) (laughs) And he responded and he was like, congratulations, you taking this small first step shows that you are more worthy than those around you. And he's like, but we need this information from you first. I gave it all, Mark. Name, phone number, address, including apartment number. That's actually terrifying. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't do that. What's the terrifying part? (laughs) I'm just... Somebody knowing where you live is terrifying to me. They're too busy. They're not going to come to my house. They got a million people because we're all on the forums. ARGs always are centered around a forum. Mm. And like I and we're keeping track of like who got an acceptance letter, who got a rejection letter, who got a accepted with revisions letter. You know what I mean? Like a sort of like we need to know more. Some people just got emails that okay. said keep talking, we're listening. And I'm like, "Oh god, this is so cool." So we all have our letters in, but we're now we're waiting for the next move. Mm. And I will be reporting this live on LAX Patriots every time there's an update. I'm sure you will. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll call emergency podcasts <laughs> uh, to, to talk about this. Or I'll just record something into my cell phone. It'll be like, yeah. I'm on the subway. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to talk about. I've been discovering new parts of LA. That's regional. You want to take a regional before we go? Sure. Oh my God! Everywhere but the valley is terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that. That right is now. not true. That's so backwards. All right, let me tell you, Mom. Oh my I, gosh! Downtown. I went, when you're got the alone food. And life is making you lonely. It's got the food. It's got the tall buildings. Go. Downtown. Is that from Sound of Music? Yes, my favorite <laughs> scene from Sound of Music. <laughs> when they're singing about downtown. <laughs> <laughs> probably is yeah um i don't know but uh downtown sucks shit first of all i've been there like twice three times have you been to little tokyo gotten some ramen never some been to little tokyo but let me tell you where i did go recently gotta get a little tokyo chinatown don't go to chinatown here's the new thing unless guys. you're going to the moon festival here's the new thing guys nobody goes to chinatown new rules you want good Chinese food, you got to go in San Gabriel Valley. Forget it, Jake. She doesn't get it. She doesn't get the what? Forget it, Jake. I don't know what you guys are saying. Oh, forget it. Oh, Chinatown. I get it. That was good. Oh. Mark won't let me watch Chinatown. I don't think I... That's not, not something that... Also can't watch Antichrist. He's, he's taking a stand. On also, Robot I Lines can't watch movies. Get Out. That's I don't know true. why. Oh, Just I can't. know why. He doesn't want those leftists poisoning your brain. <laughs> but listen. I'm so, just kidding. I really want to watch that movie. One of my professors. We just haven't had the Jesus. chance. One of my professors released a this book. This isn't like a moonlight situation. We're actually going to go watch it. <laughs> one of my professors released a book. So I went to go cool. to, his, to his book release. Where did it get published? I don't know. Some, your butt. Some independent. Yeah. <laughs> By released a book, I mean released in a load of ejaculate. One of the professors at <laughs> my university just won the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, you go to a quite more prestigious university than me. <laughs> Doesn't really shock me. I don't think if, if someone wins a Pulitzer Prize and they're chilling at CSUN, I'd be pretty concerned. Hey, maybe they have. You don't know. Well, I'll tell you what. We do have, I mean, the most famous guy in our department is probably Charles Hatfield, who is a kind of one of the leading scholars in comics and graphic novel studies. Um, but 
This guy is not Charles Hatfield. But Maybe you should share your comic book collection with that guy. Yeah, he'd be. I'm sure he'd be so <laughs> impressed by my dog shit comic quote unquote collection, <laughs> which I'm just like, this belongs in a dumpster, oh, but I, I don't forgot. have the heart to throw it away. It was during one of the breaks that Max was talking about how if he should ever go through a <laughs> a breakup with a Shannon. breakup yeah. with Shannon, which comic books which of them would get and how yeah. they would decide. <laughs> yeah, this guy could help. That's what I'm saying. He could help you devise your draft. Yeah, well, because, like, when we go to the comic book... Look, God damn it, quit distracting me. So I had to go to Chinatown for this fucking book release. I don't want to hear you talk about Chinatown. Nobody wants to go there. New Everybody rules. Everybody knows that. New rules. I want to put this new rule forward. If you are going to a new part of L.A., you have to treat it like a surgery, and you cannot eat or drink for 12 hours prior. What? Because I am constantly throwing liquid down my gullet. So I constantly have to pee. Oh, right? this is that story. And when you fucking get to Chinatown, he's been saving this story for me pee, for this podcast. I have, no, this, I'm saving a different story for you. That's a different story. That's you having to go to pee at USC yeah, separately. This is two different things. Jesus, I, if all my life is is going to new parts of LA and not being able to enjoy them because there's no fucking public restrooms anywhere. <laughs> Let me tell you. So Chinatown. Very indifferent to it. I was a little annoyed because, like, from in a two-block walk from my car to the bookstore where it was being released, I saw, like, 50 Chinese restaurants and four hipster-filled art galleries, and I wanted to blow my brains out. Especially when I got a glimpse of this really packed gallery that had just, like, people just, like, flooding into it. And I looked at the walls, and I saw the art, and it looked like fucking crayons. Like, it was horrible looking. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you fucking asshole i was just looking around and everyone and everyone in chinatown is like first of all everyone's white which i thought was interesting everyone's white and everyone is well dressed and more attractive than me mm. and probably smarter than me and certainly richer than me and i'm just looking at them just like disgusting fucking jocks and I, <laughs> my goodness <laughs> and i don't like them but i'm so i'm bitter i'm walking around i'm bitter as fuck but let me tell you about downtown since you brought it up jessica mm-hmm. So downtown was, I had to go to Santa Monica to see Allison Bechdel give a speech, right? And that's great shit, right? It's me and a bunch of 60-year-old white lesbians. So I'm like, this is my peoples, right? These are my peoples. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to retire to Santa Monica one day and live amongst the white lesbians. Cool. So there I am with with Allison Bechdel and 60 white lesbians. Uh, but on the way, so I... I have to get there by, like, say 12, right? And I have to drop Shannon off at work in Los Feliz at 9.30. So I figure, eh, might as well just get there early, go straight from Los Feliz to Santa Monica. No big deal. I am not en route to Santa Monica for about two more hours. I don't understand. What do you mean? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Let me explain. I drop off Shannon at work. I go, well, before I go, before I hit the road to Santa Monica, I'm going to swing by a Jack in the Box, get something, get some of their fucking fast food breakfast, right? That's mm-hmm. my first mistake. And I get there to the Jack in the Box, and I'm like, oh, wow. I have to use the facilities very badly all of a sudden. Like, it feels like I drank vinegar last night for two hours straight. I don't know what I ate or drank, but this is not cool. Yeah. I'm going to go in there, 
and use their public facilities. No. Locked. Oh. I'm like, okay. Did you ask? They're like, someone's in there. Oh. I stand around about 15 minutes. Oh, God. I'm like, okay. They're doing heroin in there. Oh, God. I'm out. Right? So I go and I'm like, let me try the next Jack in the Box. I go to the next Jack in the Box down the road. It takes me a few miles some other direction. I get in there. I'm like, I'm going to use these public facilities. Oh, you have to purchase something. No problem. I'm purchasing something anyway. Oh, look. The line is about 20 people long. It's out the fucking door for some reason. I'd be waiting another half hour just to buy something under the fucking ruse, as a ruse so that I can go use their shitter. Right? Better leave this jack-in-the-box. I get back to the car. I'm like, okay. What always has a bathroom that you don't have to fucking sell your soul to use? I think, and I'm like, ah, Target. I believe there's a Target somewhere around here on, like, Sunset or something. Google mapped me to the nearest Target. Fucking 15... It's not even built yet. 15 minutes later, <laughs> I'm somewhere. I pull up to this weird-ass parking garage. Now, bear in mind, I have no idea where I am. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this area before. Don't know what it is. I pull up to this weird-ass parking garage. I have to go, like, underground to, like, the ninth underground level so that I can take a walkway that goes through what looks like Jurassic Park. It's just foliage so that I can get to a, oh, a you're, little... Oh, you're not... You're in, like, city center or whatever. Yeah, it's, that like, new ninth target. and something. It's really nice. It's Fuck hard to get there. Okay, first of all, park. I had to pay fucking eight seventy five to park for like twenty minutes. Yeah, you gotta buy something and validate. Yeah, turns out, right? Yeah. But I'm because I'm in my current state of mind. I fucking I'm like I'm not paying attention to any parking rates. That's not even in Los Feliz. He's straight up in downtown now. I'm downtown. He's I by have, the I have gone, Bank of America. I have gone Jack in the Box by Jack in the Box to Target <laughs> and found my way in a, in a totally different part of town. Right? So now I'm there and I fucking go through hell and high water to get to this target. Hell or high water. Best picture nominee. <laughs> and uh, and I pass Jeff Bridges and I get to the fucking target bathroom. And I'm in there and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. This bathroom reeks. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm not a choosy man. Oh, that's interesting. There's two people sitting in these stalls and their clothes look terribly dirty. I'm like, okay. Reeks. People with dirty clothes sitting in the stalls. They're fiddling with something in there. Jessica, I stood there. Were they doing hair? Leaned against the wall, waiting for these people to get out of the stalls for 20 minutes. I checked the clocks and I said, I'm not getting back in my fucking car again and finding another target. So I waited there for 20 minutes in the bathroom, just dying. While these fucking people were not only sitting in the stalls, but every two minutes they would flush the toilet and then nothing else would happen. Mm. They would just flush the toilet and stay there. Finally they come out. I have to go in the stall, which naturally smells fucking great. After these people have been blowing it up for four hours. (laughs) Or doing whatever they're doing in there. I sit down. I use the facilities. I feel relaxed. Finally, I'm like, okay. Now I'm gonna go to Jack in the Box and get this breakfast. Jesus, that I <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> so now I'm gonna go to this Jack in the Box, right? What's the nearest Jack in the Box?
box. Let me find it. I map my way to it. I get within a couple miles of it, and I realize, oh, wow, I've used an eighth of a tank of gas already, and I'm on my final eighth of a tank of gas. I better find the nearest gas station before I go to the Jack in the Box. But you're in downtown. <laughs> I know. There's no gas stations. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I go on Google Maps, and I put gas stations. Oh, there's one five miles away. Mm-hmm. So I drive another four hours to get to a gas station. Let me tell you what happens, Jessica. This is real. I get to this gas station. Picture, if you will. It's a shell station, something like that. Two little islands for gas pumps. Uh, One of them is completely full. Can't go to that one. One of them has two pumps that have the little out-of-order plastic on them. One of them is taken up by a car. And one of them, Jessica... Why is this my fault? One of them is not being used, but is being blocked by a large police SUV Mm -hmm. that is just parked with its ass far enough to block anyone from getting to that pump, though it is not using that pump. And the officer is fucking talking to another parked SUV, so they've just got like a fucking phalanx of, of two... SUVs blocking the blocking the uh, you know island, mm-hmm. and they're just leaned into each other's windows, chatting it up Why like they're on a fucking like they just have a milkshake on the passenger seat with two straws, and they're fucking chatting it up. And I pull up there, and I'm like, maybe this guy will get the hint that people need to use this fucking pump. If I pull up, he looks at me, looks back, and continues his conversation. So I pull up a little more. He looks at me again, rolls his eyes. Looks back at the guy he's talking to. And I'm like, I fucking hate cops. This is it. <laughs> this is it. It's over. I never cared much about social issues. Now I know. <laughs> now I know that they're tyrants. I said, this is the type of person who becomes a police officer. Yeah. This is the type of person. That's what I've been saying. Well, get ready, Jessica. Because then I soon realize it's not the cops. It's just the fucking toxic waste that is in the air of downtown Los Angeles. Because I pull out, uh, this red car comes into the only available pump on the other side, right? Alright, so I gotta wait for this red car to be done fueling. I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy's taking a long time. He comes out of the little mini-mart. He's got his goddamn muffins and Funyuns. He's got an armful of goodies, right? You should have gone in that mini mart instead of going in the next Jack in the Box, which I'm pretty sure you're going to do. No, what do you mean? You still haven't gone Jack in the Box. The the Jack in the Box is an afterthought at this point. Okay. Because now I'm sitting there waiting for this fucking car. Jessica? Mm Mm-hmm. I wait 20 more minutes in my car... Waiting for a gas pump to open up because this fucker wanders out of the mini mart and then decides he's going to fuel his car. He doesn't fuel it, go in, buy his muffins and come back out. No, he wants to make it take as long as humanly possible. Because when you're in downtown LA, you are so miserable that you, without even thinking about it, just have a seething contempt for everyone around you who needs to do something. How the fuck... Do you explain yourself, Jessica? I don't drive around downtown LA. You're lucky. Because I'm not a fool. 
Yeah, well, you're looking at the world's biggest goddamn fool. Yeah. I might as well get my fucking jester hat on. Yeah. Because the whole world was putting my... I was wearing the fucking proverbial dunce cap the whole goddamn morning. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know when you know you're having a fucked up day, Jessica? Mm-mm. When driving around Santa Monica is the least stressful part of your morning. <laughs> Can we wrap it up? <sighs> yeah. Okay. I'm do- really done. I had to get that off my chest. My stomach hurts really bad. What's wrong with your stomach? I don't know what was hurting before, uh, like I told you, and it's just hurting more now. You want me to call it? Yeah. Okay. He's going to say some things. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday night in Glendale, California. The Hollywood of the San Gabriel Valley. For this week's Podcast on the Rocks bonus emergency edition of LAX Patriots, I'm your host, Max Zumstein. To my left, Jessica. And to his left, and to her left, Mark. <laughs> I said he was going to say something. What? Keep popping that oh. corn. <laughs>